0: hi and welcome back to my podcast um, my name is Lana Lynn Marino and welcome to another episode of wellness journeys so I'm an intuitive therapist energy healer counselor and I'm here to give you some guidance and support in these challenging times so today I'm going to talk about um, spiritual awareness and spiritual journeys and I have a very special guest with me today and I'm so delighted to actually have this person um on this episode to actually be able to interview him um and have him on the other side of the table because he's someone that has been in my life for quite some time. And um, my spiritual journey, as I've spoken about before really started probably in my 30s, but really came to fruition when I joined the School of Energy Healing in 2001. And the person that I met there who influenced me in so many ways was my my guest that I'm going to introduce now, Amadis Kamal. And Amadis is a spiritual development therapist. He holds groups. He's an acupuncturist from the 80s. And his groups and spiritual development program started in the '90s. So, as I've spoke about before, I'm very passionate about integral core therapy, and this was developed by Amadis. Um, So, I'm going to hand you over and let Amadis talk. So, good afternoon, Amadis.
1: Yeah, hi, Anna. Hi,
0: hi. (laughs) This is weird, isn't it? but it's wonderful to have you, as I said, on the other side of the table. And I I really want to introduce you to my listeners um, and tell us a little bit about your story. First of all, um, where you are now we'll come to that but let's start at the beginning because we're gonna we're gonna come through to currently in spirit way which is something that you've devised a program that you've devised and something that you're living by um on a day-to-day basis and i know that this comes from many many years of you being on your journey um as an individual that is closely connected to all forms of aspects of life. Um, But I think the thing that struck me the most about you when I first met you was how you were able to help me to understand the, the connection between the mind, body, spirit and how much our body holds on to trauma. So would you like to kind of explain a little bit about yourself and, and your personal journey and where it started from
1: Sure Lana, yes um, I mean basically it started way back in the 70s when I got into spiritual healing I mean those days there wasn't much around uh, but I got into uh, spiritual healing um, and uh, that also led me to kind of spiritual, you know, be doing spiritual development stuff I going into yoga, um, and then most importantly I met my spiritual teacher uh, called Chan and uh, back in 77 and uh, he was the one who taught me all about spiritual unity, he called his system his way of working spiritual unity uh, with the aim for spiritual realisation and um, so I was basically working, working with him, I was part of his group Fortnight uh, weekly, and then it became four party groups for twenty years. Um, more or less, through those twenty years, uh, as well as lectures. elections. Um, but even though uh, John stopped teaching in ninety seven, um, it t- t- took me another twenty years or so to really be able to feel confident that I had uh, kind of assimilated. Digested um, his teachings. Um, I mean, before that, I was doing spiritual work as, as well, uh, which was I learned the Diamond Logos approach, I learned uh, Taoist Qigong, or also known as Taoist alchemy, um, and uh, worked with a couple of other mentors, um, uh, including Sean DeWarren, who showed me all about the um, Cellular connection, and uh, and also all sorts of different groups, uh, workshops that I was lectures attended. But at the very core of it is my twenty, what I call my twenty-year apprenticeship with Chan, which started in seventy-seven, went right through. Um, So that's and at the time I, when I met Chan and I knew I wanted to work. With others, uh, both as as a healer therapeutically, but also spiritually, uh, when I was ready to do that, Um, I thought, well, I'll start with the basics, the nitty-gritty. So I trained as an acupuncturist in the mid-80s, which I thought, you know, was an extension of my healing work. Um, And uh, at the time when you were doing spiritual healing back then, the tradition was that you didn't do it professionally. I mean that changed but at the time you didn't so it wasn't a profession you go into it was seen that you, know, you might get donations but that was the, the attitude at the time
0: so it wasn't That's... taken seriously
1: well it wasn't that but also it was the idea that spiritual healing comes through you so if people gave you something it wasn't It wasn't like a trade that you did because you either were gifted you had the capacity to channel that spiritual attitude or not and I, I did, I mean, I started as a spiritual healer very, very early on. I was only 16. And the reason wasn't because I had, you know, at 16, learning. It was just that uh, I was gifted. I, mean, I put my hands on people. People say, oh, I can feel your hands so hard. Well, it makes me feel so calm or it makes me feel the pain has gone away. So I could have carried on on that trajectory and just being a spiritual healer. Um, but I also wanted to broaden my horizons and I did also want to make it away as my bread and butter because at times, especially in this vacation I would work in offices and things like that, in, you know, normal jobs, and then did it as, as, a, sort of, uh, as a service, folks considered that as a service. So I thought, okay, no, I, want, I don't want to have to be doing that. I'd, I'd rather dedicate my whole life Doing it. And then acupuncture came along, and I met somebody, uh, and I got informed by it, and I thought, oh, that would be really good, because it is like healing through needles, and also it's really medical. Though. In fact, it's you know it's got a pr- proven track record that it really treats things, uh, even more than spiritual healing. You know that you can almost like, spiritual healing is a bit hit and miss in the sense that if the person is ready to absorb the spiritual healing energy they can really improve. But if people are blocked from it, then you can channel as much energy to them think they, they can't receive it. Well, we need to so don't have that issue because whether people are open to it even believe it or not, it will still work. I mean, that's the beauty of acupuncture. So do I have to believe it? Yeah. I said, no, no, it doesn't matter whether you do or not. If it's going to work, it's going to work regardless what you think about it. <laughs> so that's why we get acupuncture still out into the Brighton Community Acupuncture Centre uh, you know, which is uh, provided you know, for affordable rates for all sorts of people who can't afford normal prices um, and I worked in the NHS and I ended up working in the NHS for 25 years. I was one of the first people to set up an acupuncture service, primary health care service. In London? In, in London, in mm-hmm. South London. Louis Lambeth and places like that and it went right up to the end it was one of the very last people they they kind of kicked out because you know they, 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 the political ideology changed and you know um and the, the people who were in power didn't want, want things like osteopathy, acupuncture to be uh, available and free at the you know.
0: Why was that do you think? Um,
1: it was purely ideological it was, the conservative party did not want to make available acupuncture free, um to people they mm. wanted it to remain something that you pay for and which I was not against you know the, the, my friends to kind of teased me and call me the Robin hood of acupuncture because <laughs> I said well if the rich can pay me I did help clients yeah I'm happy they can pay me the forty, fifty quid I was getting but I would rather I want to work with the poor who can't afford it because they can't even afford um, an extra 20 pounds mm,
0: for treatment.
1: Mm. And luckily, that's why I pursued looking at the NHS. It worked. The, the universe supported me. I met the right doctor at the right time, who set me up. And then I met another doctor who set me up again. And then I carried on that, ending up with four clinics in South London. Um, and I pushed on for that. And, uh, but then, once it finished, I thought, what is the next way to do Go and then, luckily, I bumped into someone who said, oh, what about community acupuncture? Affordable clinics, people pay really more or less what they can afford, depending on their income." So that's what I'm doing now. Mm. Um, but that's very straightforward. I mean, I like talking to people about spirituality in that you know clinic if they're open to it. But otherwise, all we do there is is that. Very system.
0: How did you make the transition into um core energetics working with the the the, the mind mind body spirit approach? Yeah well
1: because basically even before I got into acupuncture in the late nineties I had got into spiritual and um human potential development, you know what was called the human potential movement. Which still exists but it's no longer really called that by most people. But it was all about, you know, therapy, using therapeutic means in group works and, uh, and marrying spirituality with psychology, marrying, you know, um, processes, process-based basis work through psychological healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, places like Ezra and all, all these sort of, they were kind of basically promoted that so i I did one or two of those workshops back in the late 70s and then i'd come across bioenergetics and through that got to know about uh, john piolakis who was started training people uh, in the 80s you know no one had been doing proper training till the eight uh, until the very late 80s and then so in the 90s as soon as i could afford to i I, I joined up and i learned it but because it's what was called genetics is a synthesis of you know, mainstream psychology and psychotherapy, you know, understanding developmental psychology and all that, but, but using body-centered approaches, you know, uh, the ones that were initially originated by Wilhelm Reich back in the 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. So we were doing this what's called the Reichian therapy or body-centered therapy, and combined with uh, what most people know as transpersonal psychology or transpersonal psychotherapy, uh, where uh, Carl Jung is the best known uh, for doing that kind of working spiritually with people but using very standard psychological techniques like whether it's psychoanalysis or whatever and so that's what we also did um, and it suited me down to the ground because I, it you know, helped me uh, it helped that I could bring all my spiritual experiences that I'd been getting with chat Because Chan, you know, he was helping me develop spiritually. Then it was, how do I translate that in the world? You know, I can't set myself up as a spiritual teacher. Certainly not yet. I mean, this is back in the 90s. I still got a lot of learning to do. But how do I use all I'm learning to help others? Uh, And therapy was the most obvious way to do it, especially because there had been from the past some traditions as i said with core energetics with uh, uh transpersonal uh psychology or carl jung's work um and then you know a couple of others who were doing that already so i just slotted into that and that's what happened since the late 90s i was working uh so when you met me i was yeah came to the school of energy healing to practice uh, core energetics and to work with people in the groups. I wasn't as you know teaching it but I was working with it. And it was interesting because Barbara Brennan was on literally had been trained by John Pierarchus for seven years in core energetics. She simply took it to another direction. Because in core energetics we also did do energy work, energy healing work. But not that wasn't the main focus. The main focus was process, psychological work. So it made perfect sense to work the School of Energy Healing and I was bringing that and that's where you met
0: me. That's mm. the transformation work
1: I was doing with you with your students
0: now when we talk about process work for our listeners that don't understand what that means i can only go from my own personal experience where i came and i had a lot of um trapped energy i would call it i'd been ill over many years different different things but um i came to understand that the illnesses that i that I, i'd been affected by on a physical level were a result of the emotional and the mental trauma that w- that my body was holding and when i met you i remember sitting and there was a big group of us that day and there were mattresses all over the floor and you were in the center and you i remember you saying you know you've come here to do the work and whatever is going on, whatever you're feeling in your body, if anything comes up, then this is the place to release it. And I remember thinking about a very deep trauma, you know, like when I was a child, sexual abuse and lots of other things. that, And all this came up to the the, the forefront of my mind. And it was almost like my body was reacting in a way, almost like pushing me. And I remember thinking, you know, I've paid a lot of money for this course, so I'm going to get the best out of it. And I remember I was the first one up on the mattress up into the center and you sat me down and you talked to me about how I was feeling um, and what does that relate to. And you, were, you went kind of a roundabout way of bringing out in me the, the pain that, that was there in my mind that was being translated through feelings and emotions and I remember that you you got me to stand up and then to actually the processing that is where I first learned about processing and what it meant and um, as I was talking about things that had happened to me and I could feel myself getting upset and shaken and and so afraid and I I know now that was the trauma that was coming to the surface but I went crazy that day and I, I always remember feeling the only way I can describe it is like when you cut your hand and it's very raw and the blood spurting out and that rawness that I experienced and with you supporting me at that in that moment of allowing myself to let go of the shame and all the feelings and the, the negative emotions that were trapped in my body and it was a, a very poignant part of my life believe i don't think i've ever told you that but it really that was the beginning of my journey into processing and i don't think it's it's stopped it's got very much more subtle but I think the depth of the pain that day when I was allowed in front of everyone that was sat there that day to really talk about what had happened to me and to really feel all those feelings of shame and guilt and and it it was just an incredible out-of-body experience that I had but I was in my body Um, so I've never forgotten that so when we talk about processing it's a big part of um, transpersonal psychology, and as you talk about, you know, the the Reiki experience of um, kind of going into the, the the feelings of the body, what the body's holding. Tell me a little bit more um, in relation to how you came further along on your journey.
1: Well, yes, I mean, basically, yeah, as you very eloquently put uh... it. You know, you, when you work with the body, what we mean is like, okay, apart from breathing techniques, movement techniques, certain postures, is you kind of really, the aim is just to try to feel what's going on. You really get in touch with the emotions that are underneath, that are being held inside you. And they're also held physically in the body. I mean, they're held emotionally the emotions, that melt, they're held mentally in the consciousness, but they're held yeah, the, the feeling, if you like, the energy of the feeling. Or use the technical word the charge the, the emotional charge is held in the body so by using certain techniques physical techniques but combined the essential thing has got to be combined with a very deep intimate relational uh, work with the client you know so there's as you said the holding the support uh, and then bringing also uh, the ideas that that also somehow relates to the spiritual journey then, having all that together, it, it more and more, I realize that the techniques themselves depend on how well they work, the body-centered techniques, as well as the counseling techniques, hence um, the so-called process work, you know, because they instigate an internal process. It's very, very dependent on, how, on your spiritual um, sort of state, if you like. Um, and that in energetics even though they taught us very much about that, it's all related to our spiritual reality. In that training, it wasn't about developing; it's just helping us develop to become good therapists, to become very good body centred therapists, and transpersonal psychotherapists. But the the spiritual work was obviously you can't fit anything in it, even though it's a four year training. You can't fit all that for years. You have to. Uh, it's left to you to see how we go with it. Yeah. Um, now, luckily, I was already equipped to a large degree with a spiritual understanding and experience through my work with Chan, you know. Uh, and so, I once I became a therapist, a core J therapist, I, I thought, okay, how can I make even use of that? How can I, I can bring that slowly, slowly with my clients, but. I still have, I didn't have the full language to do that. So that's why I did another eight-year transpersonal psychology training, <laughs> which is called the Diamond Approach, or the Diamond Logos thing. Um, and, uh, and then I did the teaching training, for them, which was really good. I mean, it's a whole way of connecting with spiritual states of being. Um, and then with these states, then trying to embody them, trying to own, make them real for you. Uh, and then there's a whole system that is done, uh, and you work with people one to one, or you work in groups. So again, perfectly suited for therapists. Um, so that's that's how I evolved with that. So with it, I got even more confident with the diamond logos understanding, which a lot of it confirmed what I'd learned with chad uh, and also confirmed a lot what I learned with John P. Ruckus, uh, and other teachers of choreogenics. I could start developing that more and more you know so um and then after john pirocus died you couldn't teach chorion genetics unless you had permission you had a license to do that from the chorion genetics foundation and chorion genetics foundation would give you those licenses unless you had either trained with them as a student or did some postgraduate training in new york which basically proved to be an extremely because American trains are very expensive. Mm-hmm. And, and also I just thought, well, I really have, I even assisted John Piercos in these workshops, and certainly was an assistant teacher for five years then, and uh, you know, the, working with uh, Sigma Gherkin was running his European trains. I thought, you know, really I shouldn't need to be doing that. So what how do I um, what how do I teach what I've learned? And that's why I changed the name. So I couldn't use the word co energetics, and in the end, it became integral technical therapy. You know, after a couple of well, uh, you know, using different names from the lab, it became integral technical therapy. And That was the training that you were part of, uh, which was, as well as, as you know, as well as the standard uh, five-year training we did, part, very part-time, but nonetheless, five years. It was also the Two Years Foundation, course training that you did with me and the old workshop so it, it was it, it was involving the person having a journey you know that you had a journey you didn't just learn to be a therapist you learned to traverse the very deep journey to heal the wounds and
0: the traumas that you experience and i think that's a very important point that you've made there that when you're training to become a therapist especially in psychology human centered body centered therapy um any any type of therapy where you're going to be working and supporting and holding an individual in their trauma i think it's very important to recognize that your journey is where is alongside the client I never think that I know more than the client. When the client is coming to me with something, there's always something that you can take from their from their story. So I think it's very important to recognize that that personal development is ongoing. It's not about doing a course, a weekend course, or a year long course and coming out and saying, Okay, I've got all the tools and from here I can I can carry on. Do you think in today's You know, in today's world, there's a lot of people that are out there doing weekend workshops or, you know, um, Reiki workshops um, without having enough personal development therapy or uh, enough personal stuff getting sorting out their own stuff before they're working with other people what do you think about that do you think that that can be quite dangerous because we're talking here about trans, transference and projection this is stuff that you really have to learn about you know when you're when you're yeah, working you're with right. people
1: you've got to learn about it you know, you've got to learn about it and practice it you know I mean uh, And also, you know, be very keen to learn about it. I mean, as well as doing core energetics, I did a nine year, again, part-time, professional development uh, course uh, in bioenergetics. And then I had, I worked with a mentor and uh, slash sort of supervisor in analytical body psychotherapy, which also grew out of Reich, because Reich had several students who took the the, the, the body centered approach slightly different directions you know? so it was very much about the experience and then we we're all experiential in all these trainings body as you know the psychotherapy trainings are also very experiential you don't just learning intellectually you go through the process like you you go you work with the tool that you have as part of the training. So that you fully understand what it's like for others to be traumatized and you work with your shame, so you know how to work with shame, you work with your fear, so you know how to work with others with fear. Unless you know how to do it with yourself, how can you do it with others? Unless you've worked on those issues on yourself, how could you even have any real empathy? you know it's not a sort of psychiatric type detached understanding intellectual and sort of rather aloof it's about really saying yeah i know i've been there you know i've got the t-shirts you know I, I i know exactly what you're mm. going through in your process now i went through that it is difficult it can be yeah you know and don't worry so you can also say yeah if you're sobbing don't be afraid of the sobbing go with it mm. if you just up um, this is a release of the past. This is the memory. Don't worry; it doesn't mean you're losing your mind. You know?
0: We're going to stop there. We're going to come back in the next episode, and I want to talk to you about defenses and blocks, and ultimately how you got to develop the In Spirit program. So, okay. thank you for thank you for joining me on this episode with Amadeus Kamau. We will be back for part two of this interview. Okay, see you soon.